Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. From the Philadelphia Eagles to the Kansas City Chiefs, a former University of Alabama standout, once known as the Mighty Mouse, number 29, Mark McMillan! And also we have Mr. B.N.E., the man in the middle. From the Philadelphia Eagles, Mr. Byron Evans. We some hard hitters, we some hard hitters. Put them up, tighten up, we some hard hitters. Mark McMillan, my man Byron Evans. We give you a reason to tune in every Friday evening. Ain't nobody leaving, if he's pushing Phoenix. We're bringing the cutting edge. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Hard Hitting Radio. No, I am not Mark McMillan because I'm about four inches taller. And no, I'm just kidding, Mark. Uh, this is Jay uh, with uh, Out of Bounds with Jay and Chelsea filling in for Mark McMillan. He is, uh, I believe he's off visiting the family this weekend. So uh, I think he may be calling in. We'll see. Uh, right now I saw his last tweet and his last Facebook, and he's eating shrimp tacos somewhere. So uh, he, he may not have time to call in, but we'll see. Um, I do have an in-guest studio, a uh, former University of Nebraska Cornhusker standout, from 1983 to 1987, Mr. Rod Smith, how you doing, sir? Good to be here, Jay. Thanks good, for having me. Good to me. have you in. Good to have you in. we got lots to talk about with you today. So, uh, you know what, though, right now? I'm going through Olympics withdrawals, and it's, it's tough because I spent, you know, when I'd come home from doing our events at the club, I'd come home, NBC Sports TV, it's on until 6 in the morning. And I think I pretty much probably watched more Olympics this go around than any other previous Olympics, just getting into it with all the volleyball and the gymnastics and swimming and, you know, just our domination of everything. And that's pretty much, you know, where I'm at. How, how would you watch? You know, I actually did more of a target shopping approach and went to the schedules and found out what time the dream team was playing. Uh, I gotcha. I, I watched the swimming, of course. Right. Uh, I like the track and field, of course. I, yes. Unfortunately, I'm probably watching all the sexy stuff, the beach volleyball, the 100 meter. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm watching it, too. In fact, I got uh, I want to be, give a big shout out to Tiana Madison, uh, one of our sprinters. Uh, we, we've... Uh, Tweeting each other back and forth, and she's following me now, and uh, get a little dialogue going on between her. I want to give a shout out to Rebecca Sony and her world records, giving me shout outs on Twitter. Uh, Missy Franklin, the superstar stud, 17 year old swimmer who is, I think, in her first week of her senior year in high school right, right now. How crazy is that? Um, shout out to the to the Fierce Five, you know our our little Olympic superstar girl gymnast, uh, loving Michaela Maroney. You know she's got she's got a great little personality. Isn't it fascinating how they train for all those days and all that time and comes down to an Olympic trial? That pressure just must be amazing. I wonder if the Olympics is a relief for them. You know I I think that. They're, they have two reliefs, you know, getting past those Olympic trials and then just the Olympics being over. I mean, you look, Michaela Maroney, for example, vault specialist, best vaulter in the world, regardless of what happened in the Olympics. All those years of training and her whole entire Olympics consisted of about 45 seconds. 45, wow. four wow. years of training for 45 seconds. I can't imagine. I beat myself up. I still remember passes that I dropped. Can you imagine just um, the pressure she was under and um, everybody knows she's the best? You know, it, 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 it's really interesting that you say that because I've actually thought about that. You know, I'm a psych and communications major, so I like to delve into what, what people think and stuff. And she seems to be, for a 16-year-old girl, by the way, actually, happy birthday, Michaela. Today is her birthday. She is now 17 years old. Nice. Um, and with that being said, 
she has handled that adversary, uh, you know, adversity amazing for us. I know people my age that can't handle getting a hangnail. I mean, she fell on the biggest sports stage in the world. And she's handled it perfectly. She's taken that picture that everybody's seen with her, you know, looking disappointed. She's taken it in stride, made jokes about it when when they've been on the Today Show, Letterman, everything. She's kind of stole the show. She's 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 a little superstar in the making. Yeah, that maturity is fascinating. It reminded me of Hillebrand, who wrecked in that Indianapolis 500 on yeah. that last lap, uh, corner four. Yep. A 21, 22-year-old at the time, and the way he handled himself afterwards, these guys are mature beyond their years. Yeah, it's it's just amazing to watch, and I think Michaela's going to be going for the 2016 Olympics in uh, in Rio, so that'll be cool to see. Isn't uh, she old? Past her prime there? You know, this... It's weird. This was a very young gymnastics team. I mean, there was not anybody. I think they were all 16. Maybe one of them was 17. And normally it's not like that. You look at the Sean Johnsons, the Nastia Lukens, all, you know, those girls. They, they, they were not 16 years old when they were in the Olympics. You know, I, I believe 18, 19, 20 around there. So I think with all five of them being as young as they are, People might be sitting there going, oh, my God, they're going to be 20 years old. And but I think they're still going to be good to go. I think Michaela's going to come back. They'll be stronger. Gabby's a maybe. And I I, I think Kyla, um, Allie, and Jordan, I don't think they'll be coming back. Yeah, so yeah. I think that they're going to want to finish high school and just go on go on to college and go from there. But I, I have a feeling Michaela, she'll be the one that comes back for sure. But, um, you know, dream team. Did what they were supposed to do. I like the way they did their thing. They were very businessmen-like. They went in. They did their stuff. The games were over. There was no high-fiving. There was no nothing. They walked off the court. They went. They had a mission, and they went in, and they took care of it. I like all the controversy that was stirred up with the who's better, which dream team. But let me tell you something. That wasn't even a full team. Dwayne Wade, um, who was a couple of the other guys. Well, they, Dwight Howard wasn't there. Chris Bosh. I'm still saying that the original dream team wipes these guys up. And for my, my reasoning, mental toughness. And just pure toughness. But I'm going to say in this case that LeBron and Kobe and um, Ke- uh, Kevin Durant, that, that that's a special young talent. Those guys were past their prime back then. They, see, and the rest of the world uh, weren't, weren't good yet. See, I look at it as LeBron's going to get handled by Carl Malone. There isn't anybody that played the game that was more physical. Carl, than Carl. was thirty-five. He w- wouldn't even get his hand on him. I, I still, I still think they'd take him. And David Robinson and Patrick Ewing in the middle, man, who's going to mess with that? And that's my era, old school. I mean, of course, I, I, I really, th- I really think that yeah. they handle it. And who's going to, who's going to take care of Magic and Michael? Don't they have video games or programmers that can figure that out? It's funny for us? that you say that because NBA Two K thirteen, you can't, or NBA Live, one of the two uh, video funny. games that's coming out. You can pit the two teams against each other. So I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to go get them. Just I wish to do I that. played video games. That's so, great. That'd be remember fun. the Intellivisions, the original Nintendos, things like Don't that. Don't be trying to date me here. Hey, I had those games. <laughs> I had those games. Um, but yeah, Olympics were great. We dominated. We did. We did. You know, countries make fun of us. They say we're rude. They say we're out of shape. We just go in, and in the same week that we kicked your butt in the Olympics, we landed on Mars, too. So what's up now? Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> so, yep. um, so what have you been up to since uh, since the Nebraska days? Well, I, I actually do remember you. I have an autographed picture of you. <laughs> That's funny. That's also dating me. Thanks again. Now, I, I, you, you could go back for the red-white games, and I get autographs there. Yeah. <laughs> so. Too funny, too funny. Yeah, it's funny. Even to this day, people from Nebraska, if they see you, they still recognize you. It was just such an honor to play there. I, I started for three years, led the nation in punt returns, um, just really had a great career there, and uh, I really um, got close to a lot of the fans and the alumni, and um, it was a great experience. Went on to play uh, two years, got cut by two NFL teams. I like to say I had a cup of coffee in the NFL and uh, played in two Fiesta Bowls uh, back when uh, Florida State and Michigan. And I remember those games vividly. Yeah, I, I remember that the sun provided heat in December and January. Yes, yes, abso- absolutely. Coming from Nebraska people, we don't get that. Oh, after I got cut um, from Kansas City, I went and got my stuff out of storage, drove 23 <laughs> hours, looked at 14 apartments, and I've been here ever since 1990. 
Tennessee. Wow, that's great. That's great. You know, so you you got to play with Jamie Williams then, or is that correct? Uh, he actually graduated '82. I got there in '83. Okay. But I was fortunate enough that my freshman year, I got brought up to varsity, and the Heisman Trophy winner Mike Rogier, yes, first absolutely. pick in the NFL draft, Irving Fryer, Turner Gill, Dean Steinkuller. Um, man, I'm playing by the third quarter because they used to just dominate everybody, and the young kids would get in. It was the scoring a, explosion. It was the one of the greatest times of my life to be around that talent and look at this right now oh. I'm just talking about this as I have goosebumps all up and down my body just thinking of these games I'm the little skinny freshman and they're making fun of me and the frigid cold Osborne practice on the afterturf my whole college career we're out there in the freezing below zero temperature so basically ice I'm, I'm diving for balls hustling and uh, Fryer and Rogier would always be laughing go get him kid go get him you know, it's it's funny. People don't realize this now, but back then, the big colleges, they had a freshman squad, so to speak, a JV squad. You know, they don't do that anymore. And, you know, I remember going to watch the Nebraska freshman squad play UNO's freshman and, you know, things like that. So when when you're talking about it and you're playing, you're on the varsity squad as a freshman at the University of Nebraska, that back then... That's something else. You know that what? That meant something. It was an honor. There was only three of us that got brought up to varsity, and unfortunately the fourth-string wide receiver um, tore his knee up. And um, they had a decision to make whether the people in the backup were to bring me up. And, you know, I was up uh, at varsity the third week, played in two freshman games. Uh, it actually ended during my era there. It was fun. Right. It was a blast. And that's where all the scholarship players came together. But it was just such an honor to be on that practice field. And Turner Gill and his leadership and Tom Osborne's intellect and offensive strategy, Charles McBride. I, George Darlington. I mean, it was it was awesome to get brought up there. And then, like I said, they team so bad I, I was I played a lot as a freshman it was a lot of fun man it, that that 83 season was if you grew up in Nebraska it was it's still something that you think about now you know everybody talks about the 71 team which was great everybody talks about the 94 and the 95 teams which was, they were great but I still think to this day most people think the best Nebraska team of all time was that 1983 team, even though they didn't win the national title. Well, they should have wrapped up two of them. The Penn State catch out, out of bounds. That team should have won the title. Do you remember the shirts that came out oh, with, yeah. the, uh, oh, with yeah. the number one oh, for yeah. the football field? Now that we're yeah. in the Big Ten, I go toe-to-toe with those Penn State people. Well, you know, speaking of Big Ten, um, you are heading up a Big Ten charity event that's coming up next Saturday. Um, please tell tell everybody about that. Oh, nice segue on that. I love yeah, it. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, actually, when I moved down here in 1990, I ran a youth football camp as I was interviewing for jobs, and it was probably one of the most moving experiences of my life. And I've been a nonprofit guy for 22 years. I founded three charities, served over 130,000 at-risk children through sports and education camps and mentorship programs. And just this past year, I decided to take the next five years of my life and uh, work with military children of the fallen, wounded, and whose parents are deployed. Formed a charity called Helping Hands for Freedom. I met some of our fellow Ohio State studs. Um, uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, I love these guys. They really know. That's some great facts. See, I have double Ohio State problem. One, because I, I grew up kind of uh, watching Michigan. Before the Nebraska games, I'd watch the Michigan games. So I'm, I'm, I'm go blue. But when I went to ASU... The 96 season, we played Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. I was on the sideline for that. And even to this day, it's like, it's hard to talk to Ray. And and me and Jim, I can't, sometimes I don't even want to see See, I'm only one year in the Big Ten, so I I haven't formed a lot of opinions. Although my friends that went to the Wisconsin game said those fans were a little ridiculous. Right, right. I'm pretty neutral so far. And all the people in Ohio State that I've met down here in Arizona are wonderful people. You know what they really, really are? They're... The ones that come from Ohio State, I'm going to say it, they're not so nice. <laughs> but the ones that live down here, all very pleasant, very nice, and it's a friendly it's a, a friendly thing that goes I on I agree right with now. that. But they were part of the Big Ten alumni groups down here, and um, we started talking about what I did for a living uh, with the military families and children, and we talked about getting a Big Ten event organized where we talk and partner with all the alumni groups, all the fans from all the Big Ten schools, and we put together a bourbon, scotch, and cigar night. Got very a little nice. tagline where ladies, don't be scared. We'll have wine there as well. <laughs> and then as I found out from my Big Ten friends, we snuck in some tequila, so we'll have tastings of all those. 
do we do we have a bunch of tequilas or is it just a couple of them? Well, a few tastings. If hopefully you can come back in a few disguises to sneak a couple extra ones, that's not going to be a problem. Fumar, um, David from Fumar. Okay. He's uh, coming there. They're rolling cigars. We got cigars for our guest, and then Dream Dealers, Jeff Geller, and uh, probably the leading casino group down here. Yep. We have a full casino night going on. We got a blackjack tournament going on over at Ganey Ranch Golf Club from six thirty to eleven. This uh, next Saturday, and it can be found on our website, helpinghandsforfreedom.org. That's that's awesome. I think that's that's. I have a couple friends that have have been doing things for for veterans and their families. Uh, Jeremy Jeremy Stott, who played at Arizona State, he actually went to the Raiders for a little bit, um, and then he left the NFL um, and joined the Marines. And he came back and he did a bike ride all the way from Northern California to the Wall in Washington D.C. And he just did that a couple months ago, raising awareness for th- the exact same things. And it's 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 so great to see people reacting to that. And because this this is a problem, and not a problem, it's an issue. And I think now it I liken it to back in the Korean War, the Vietnam War, when all these vets came back with the injuries and this and that. Families and lives changed. We're about to go through that here. Families and lives have changed forever, yeah. and th- they have to have support. And, and being a 22-year nonprofit veteran, um, I, I've learned a lot about the industry. I've I met with other charities, executive directors. I just always stay active and try to do a better job. And um, you know, the one niche I found in the military that you know they're doing a good job taking care of the wounded. And I'm by that I mean civilians in the private sector. And um, one of the areas that I thought was slipping through the cracks were the military children. While the uh, uh, parent is deployed, the fallen soldier's kid. You know, only three million Americans truly know, only three million Americans recognize and are part of the military and our armed forces. You know, uh, a country of, how many do we have, 300 million? Yeah, something like that. So three million. So I think sometimes the private sector has to communicate to everybody else what it is like to, I mean, I've met a eight-year-old kid whose dad's been deployed four times wow. serving his country because his specialty was so unique and so valuable to the military, they needed to keep deploying him, and he's away from his family. I mean, unless you're in there in the military, that 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 that's just a... Uh, a tough situation for those military families. I've had a 14-year-old kid told me every day he worries that his dad's going to be killed. And I don't know what that feels like. Right. You know, I mean, that can't. And so so we try to focus on that. Of course, the dynamics when a, a parent is killed at war um, and so forth. Um, well, I'll tell you what. We're going to head to a break right now. And when we come back, we're going to keep delving into this because – just the whole this whole issue this whole project that you have going on it's it's i I think we need to see more of it so we will be back with hard hitting radio here in a couple minutes to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports tune in to a show about making a comeback and what really goes on behind the scenes with your favorite athletes and beyond listen for the comeback radio show with tony farmer a lot of people believe what they read on the internet hear and see in the media and on the news we're going to give our guests the chance to tell the real story without the extra hype It's not just sports, although that will be a focal point of the program. We'll also look at the world of celebrities, music, modeling, and more. Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. What if there was a program that brought the best in sports and the best of entertainment together in one place? It can be done, and Darnell Autry proves it every week on Outside the Spotlight. In this program, athletes and artists come together to share their success stories, hobbies, professional projects, and more that will interest not only the sports fan, but fans of entertainment and other human interest stories. If you have something you want to ask your favorite athlete or entertainer, listen for Outside the Spotlight, Fridays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. 
If you're looking for a radio show about boxing, you usually can't find one until you stop by the Voice America Sports Channel. Tune in to Outside the Ring with former world lightweight champion and U.S. Olympian David Diaz. We'll deliver the knockout punches with our guests as we go inside the minds of today's top fighters. We'll throw in discussion of other sports as well from time to time. Outside the Ring with David Diaz airs every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time noon pacific on the voice america sports channel your internet flagship station for sports voice america sports we some hard hitters we some hard hitters you're listening to hard hitting radio with mark mcmillan and byron evans to get your voice in on the discussion call right now toll free to 1-888-346-9144 that's 888-346-9144 or you can get to mark by email drop an email to mark at markmcmillansports.com now back to hard hitting radio and we are back with Hard Hitting Radio and our special guest, Rod Smith. Um, we're talking about his, uh, his project that he's got going on next Saturday. Uh, what drew you to this? You know, um, in 1990, as I said, I ran that youth football camp and had 172 kids there, a lot of at-risk children, single-parent families, and uh, the feeling of the parents after the fourth day to hug me and thank me for the message. They're crying, I'm crying. You know, it really touched my heart. And 22 years later, I'm, I'm still serving communities through nonprofit work. Um, after a certain point in time, after 17 years, I was looking for a new challenge. Um, uh, the charity that I founded, Future for Kids, we had won awards for our mentorship programs. I had won a couple community service awards, and I needed a new challenge in my life, so I started... Um, Consulting, and uh, I had a group out of San Diego. Freedom is not free. They had twenty-three thousand in the bank, and um, the the founder of the organization. I ran into him coincidentally. Um, asked me if I'd come take a look at this, and I signed a one-year contract to consult. My dad served in the Navy. I've always uh, really respected everything about it. Had a lot of friends that had served. My grandfather was uh, served in the Navy. Yeah, all my uncles, right. everybody. So um, I chose professional football back in the eighties and did not get the opportunity to serve my country. But as I was doing that, I had such success back in 2006. We raised $1.7 million. We were distributing $0.91 cents on the dollar. And um, working with those military families and learning what they were going through and the wounded and um, just the, the life-changing circumstances uh, to the dichotomy of their family, it was just um, a moving experience. One of my co-founders, uh, for Helping Hands for Freedom, the new charity, was somebody that had to reach out to Freedom is Not Free. And if you don't mind, I got just a quick story. Yeah, take, so, take so it here, away. Here's a guy, a general manager at a Walmart in Indiana. He's um, pulling down 120000 a year plus bonuses. He's As a got GM at Walmart? A GM at Walmart, baby. I'm well, by the time more. his bonus is over, I'm telling you. Where do I send my resume? That, that, that's why they're the top <laughs> producing company. I mean, <laughs> I shop there every day exactly. at the Super Walmart for my groceries, so they probably get about 120 G's <laughs> for the year. The, um, so my co-founder signs up as a reservist, four beautiful kids, young at home, a wife who was a stay-at-home mom, and um, he gets called up as a reservist for $52,000 to serve his country, goes over to Iraq, uh, saves two people off a battlefield, gets blown up by an IED, gets a bronze star, purple heart, comes back, goes through, uh, I believe, seven surgeries, and, you know, he's... Obviously, he can't get his Walmart salary back because he's not back to work. Right. So you, he's down there getting that pay. And, um, you know, his kids were dropping out of karate and taekwondo and dance and um, the getting them back and forth to classes. It just was a tough situation for him. Uh, house started to go to foreclosure. He was able to reach out to the charity I was consulting for. And I really connected with him and his wife and his children. And, um, you know, here's a guy with a lot of pride and amazing warrior, an amazing man, talented man, um, one of the leading in the country as far as managing Walmart. So, like so many of our military, um, they're actually pretty impressive uh, young men and women. But just the fact that he needed help and um, 
and the four children and how they suffered and had to give up dance and the, the just the, they were about to lose their home they they were behind on electricity and we were able to come in help them and being able to help that family in that niche and that much pride and the sacrifice they make it took to me and I wanted to launch my own and focus specifically on the military children I think that's great that you know that's kind of what we touched on before I don't think people do not realize that how much it changes people's lives when 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 they're deployed and they come back i i i don't know of anybody who ha- that's been deployed that comes back and their life just goes automatically back to normal there's you know from from the mental things that you from from what you see over there and how it affects you mentally e- e- even if you you do come back unscathed um just uh, I really don't think our country can grasp what these people and what these families go through and how much their lives completely change. Yeah, the statistics are staggering from suicides to, um, uh, you know, a, ju- a jungle war in Vietnam and a desert war over here in Iraq and Afghanistan. I can't even imagine in that uh, traumatic uh, brain injuries. Uh, yep. Well, you know, you, you mentioned suicides. There was just something today that mentioned last month um, the Army reported the most amount of suicides ever, and their number keeps going up and up each month. They had 36 suicides, reported suicides last month. Yeah. And this it's suicides with not just people in the military, but people who've been discharged or are done with their, you know, done with their time. There's a lot of that going on. There, there is an it, it's an epidemic of suicides, and that and that's uh, that's uh, my boy Jeremy Stott. That's what he was kind of focusing on with it with his ride. Well, know, the next dilemma. Let me tell you, Jay. Uh, Post traumatic stress disorder. Um, you know, the, in Vietnam, they really didn't have a grasp on it, and that's why so many of them had a tough time. Can you imagine what that war was like for them? And then over here, I I know my my buddy, my co-founder, you know, used a shovel, dig a little ditch in the, the desert, and that's where he slept. And just wow. the things that they saw and dealt with, and, you know, the, the way they fought the war with children and women over there, the rules of engagement are confusing. Um, you know, it, like I say, 300 million um, Americans and 3 million people serve their country, and those families understand, and I think the private sector has a responsibility. The government does as good a job as they can, but um, they're very inefficient, so obviously right. we know that. <laughs> we don't even need to get into that. That's a whole different show. <laughs> but, you know, the, the private sector can step up and help the military families and the things that slip through the cracks. You know, there's a 600,000 waiting list for all that paperwork and all the things that go on and um, you know I'm honored um, and I've built a board and committee of 32 amazing business uh, leaders helpinghandsforfreedom.org our mission what our programs are um, it can be found there and I'm proud to serve and I look forward to the next five years making as much of a difference as I can that's that's great and we need more people like you around we really really do now how did you get involved with my boy Jem Ray who is Ohio State Buckeye alumni. He also runs Scottsdale Nights, one of the pr- premier event planning and social marketing companies in the Valley that uh, even my company, Event Vibe, we partner up with them a lot. How did you and Jem get uh, get hooked up? Was it from Kevin Fox? Well, you know, not matter of fact, as I was bragging about the Ohio State Circle, yes, indeed, I was made that introduction through this event. And, you know, being in the Big Ten and, and wanting to get more involved and being a part of everybody else, in the, it's a lot of unity. I enjoy that experience and hanging with Right, right. I enjoy that stuff. And I'm always willing to learn. I'm 38 special events into my charity work after 22 years, and I'm always looking to improve myself. And through this introduction to Jim, I studied uh, Scottsdale Knights. Um, I really looked to see what he was doing on the social media channels. And um, I was just fortunate that he was willing to step up and and give this a run. He hasn't done a lot of work, I believe, with uh, nonprofit organizations, and that's something that's been dear to his heart and something he always wanted to do so it was a good time in both of our life so he's helping teach me i was at his office the other day and he's showing me how to use the social media channels to, he, he to, is the king at that yeah and you know the 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 generosity of him blasting his thirty nine thousand uh, followers absolutely and, yeah so i'm just very grateful that uh the big 10 um introduction from nebraska has led to some new good friends and 
it, it's funny talking to all the people from Ohio State and Michigan and stuff like that and trying to talk, talk smack with them, and they're like, shut up, you're the new kid. There's, you have no rival here. Just leave us, go play with Iowa. Yeah, but we got some juice. We <laughs> oh, got we, some oh juice. We, got some, we, we came in there. We did not come in there like the new kid on the block. You know, Nebraska came in there, and I think they really set the tone with that Ohio State game last year and that comeback in Lincoln. And oh, that was yeah, amazing. Ohio State. That, you know that eats at them because how does a running game come back from that deficit? Oh, in the first absolutely, half? absolutely. You know, it's. I, I have to be honest, and I, I, I kind of want to get your take on this, um, and, and maybe we'll actually get it when we come back. But um, I am. I kind of missed the Big 12. You know, I missed that Kansas. I missed that Oklahoma. I missed, I grew up with that. I, I grew up, I was, I was a kid when it was still the Big 8. So that's how far into it I was. And it's, it's really kind of, man, I missed that Oklahoma game every year, even though it was every other year now. But, you know, I, I missed that kind of thing. You I know, definitely I, have an opinion I can share with you on that. Well, I'll tell you what. We are going to probably hit up here another break in about a minute. So okay. when we come back from – we're definitely – because I want to hear your opinion on that. But it's been fun. Last year was fun in the Big Ten. You know, I have a lot of friends that are from Ohio, so we have we, we have that little back and forth. Unfortunately, um, I run with all these Iowa Hawkeye people around here. Man, That's let me tell you. That's annoying. You know, they – listen – we're more of the Big Ten than they are. <laughs> I mean, it, Iowa is, they're just like the little kid. They're like that little kid brother that we kind of knock around here and there. And, you know, it's, it's you know what I liken it to? Remember when Colorado, they read it out Nebraska on the, the yeah, there you go. My era, you know, my era. Colorado, Bill McCartney, he's, he's, the, he's the one that started that. He hung up on me when he says, Rod, I heard you uh, made a verbal commitment to Nebraska. And he hung up and said, you'll never play there, Rod. Hung up the phone on me. Well, he was definitely wrong on that. He was a great coach. He, I, I think what he, he led Colorado into a great era. A little bit different type of player than they have there now. But um, the, those... That's how I look at Iowa. They probably read out Nebraska on their schedule, and we're just like, uh, well, we yeah. got the we got the first word on that matchup. Yes, we we absolutely did. So um, I'm looking. I like I like the fact that we have that tradition now that we're going to play them on you know the Friday after Thanksgiving. You know, as long as it doesn't conflict in time with my ASU U of A game. Yeah, and then I'll be okay. I hear you there. So, now, are you a Sun Devil fan? Yeah, you know, since I've been down here, and and I ran so many youth camps in the Valley here that I always have great cooperation from ASU players. So Jake Plummer and uh, Pat Tillman was in three of my camps. Pat um, Tillman was a friend of mine. Jake Plummer is a friend of mine. I went to school. With the, those are the guys I went to school. With. Yeah, and they they Juan Roque. Um, who's the Juan is a. Awesome friend of mine. Yeah. We hang out all the time. Uh, Kyle Caldwell. Um, I went to school. Like, Terry Battle was one of my mm-hmm. one of my best friends. Vince Amy. Uh, Terrell Suggs came out to yep. one of our camps before. I mean, the, the ASU athletes were so generous to the kids that I worked with in the Valley, and they were out there every day helping us in the heat of the summer, and I really appreciated that relationship. Uh, who, who's the most fun of those guys to have around? Oh, Juan's got to be close. Juan is awesome. I mean, he was he was a great man. I really enjoyed it. But you know, Jake was such a star power, and oh, Pat yeah. Tillman had such a presence. The kids were drawn to those guys, and um, I enjoyed that part of it because they really connected, and they were so gracious with the kids hanging on them during the breaks, right? And asking them 182 questions a day. Well, I'll tell you what, knowing Jake, he would rather have six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve-year-old kids asking him questions than anybody in the media. Uh, Kevin Minifield actually was one of my all-time favorites oh cool cool that's yeah. great that's awesome you know the sun the sun devil family these they stick together out here and i will say this right now some people might be mad i'm not exactly thrilled with our athletic department right now the way things have been handled this whole new stadium thing i'm not for it i don't want a circus tent over our stadium uh, but the players themselves stick together. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, we still, I still talk to so many of those guys and they all talk to each other from the Derek Fords to the Aubrey Battles to, you know, Mike White's, uh, you know, all those guys, they're still around and they all still, they all still talk. Yeah, I'm to sure each you other. have the same perspective as me. Isn't it amazing they're not great at every sport? Can you imagine taking a recruiting trip to ASU? I never did. Let me tell you something. We have we say the same thing. When nobody nobody gets it, and 
Coach Schneider, you know, rest in peace, he was an excellent recruiter, and he brought the right type of people down to the football program. Even when Coach Frieder was doing the basketball, you know, even though we had a little problems with Coach Frieder, but he knew how to recruit. We had some great players with him. Um, you know, we had, you know, Coach Patty Schneider with the volleyball program that we were, we were permanently in the top 10, 15 every year. It, it, something changed somewhere with the ASU athletic department and, that person is no longer with the athletic department, so hopefully they'll start moving forward. I don't think Lisa Love was the right move for the athletic department. I'm not even sure this Patterson guy is, but, you know, I guess we have no choice but to, to give him a shot. You know, Coach Graham, uh, we're all a little bit leery of him, but apparently he's pulling in some recruits. And I think that if that football program pulls together, Everything else has got to fall into place. You know, we have every sport down here. We're one of the few colleges in, you know, Division One NCAA, FBS and NCAA that has your football, your baseball, your basketball, all the women's sport. Like, we're one of those few schools. We should dominate everything. Yeah. The city is great. So many things to offer. It's a great college. You know, it really is. I mean, I would choose our college 7,000 times over that college down south. <laughs> I mean, really. Now, I've got some good friends from U of A, but I've only been up there one time to watch a football game. <sighs> Man, I don't go to U of A to watch football games anymore. <laughs> funny thing, my Out of Bounds show, you know, we started out with a good number of, of listeners in Tucson. By about the end of the first year that we did a uh, football season, we were down to like two listeners in Tucson. Yeah. I'm not very popular. Well, I've been Tucson. down here since 1990, and I always watch that game. It, it doesn't matter what records are. That's a fascinating. Not. That's a fascinating matchup. Well, you, you look at last year. U of A, not very good. We were very talented. We were just there was no chemistry with that team. We should have ran U of A off the field, and th- those are the games that U of A. That's when they beat us. Yeah. And, and look what we did down to the to them last year. Yeah. You know, down in Tucson. So that's what you get from the. Uh, ASU U of A rivalry. Yeah, I'm so. just glad uh, Nebraska got their second chance with them because that first one, um, they, Arizona took it to us. Yeah, I was uh, I was I was on the ASU sideline <laughs> for for that for that 19 to nothing game, and it was very that was very surreal for me yeah. to look across the field and you got the Damon Bennings and you know number all, one team in the country. Grace, uh, yeah, and I'm like, this is where my loyalty was tested. And I, I, that's, I was a Sun Devil. Yeah. You know, and that's what happens, you know, when, when you're on the sideline, and that was still such an I was on the 30 line, 30 yard line, and that was such a surreal game. You just kept waiting for Nebraska. Exactly. Just, okay, here they come. Is it this drive? And Scott Frost would have it open up on him, and it looks like eight, six yards to a first down. He would slip on the grass. Yep. Or Amon, <laughs> bad pitch. Amon would fumble, which Amon, at Nebraska, Amon didn't fumble that much. Yeah. He really didn't, and it was just, yeah, even to this day, you... you. But but being here, as you're an ASU student, um, graduate, um, you know, I lived here. A lot of those kids were in my camp. I followed yeah. ASU closely, and I was blown away about the accomplishment, and I know as a player, and that's what I'll share with you what I like about the Big Ten opposed to the Big 12, but... Um, what a great experience! That game was a game of a lifetime for ASU and oh, that part abso- of it. Oh, absolutely! I still I still get chills about that one. But we're going to take a break right now, and when we come back, we are going to get Rod's opinion on Big Ten versus Big Twelve with the University of Nebraska. So we will be back with hard hitting radio. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports if you want to talk about the east coast sports scene particularly from the southeast make sure you tune in to the jeff owen show every tuesday yeah we'll talk about some of the other teams and news that's out there but host jeff owens and co-host tasha humphrey know the inside and out of the georgia college sports world and they were born there raised there and still live the scene we'll talk about every sport imaginable Tune in on Tuesday at 7 p.m. East Coast time, 4 p.m. in the West, on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk football. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. You're listening to Hard Hitting Radio with Mark McMillan and Byron Evans. To get your voice in on the discussion, call right now, toll free to 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can get to Mark by email. Drop an email to Mark at MarkMcMillanSports.com. Now, back to Hard Hitting Radio. <laughs> and we are back with Hard Hitting Radio, talking more Nebraska football. Sorry, Mac. We don't really have much Bama to talk about today, so, you know, because Mac's a Bama. He's roll tied. He's through and through roll tied, but we don't have much to say about them. Because uh, we, we don't want to talk about the SEC right now. <laughs> Let's talk about the difference between what your thoughts are on the Big 12 and the Big 10. Well, first... I, I felt um, Coach Osborne, obviously, um, my coach, I have so much respect and love for him and the difference he made in my life and the quality of man and quality of coach he was. And I felt from a principal standpoint that Texas, um, with their greed, absolutely tried to shake up everybody in the Big Ten. They were so much of an imbalance with the, the money for Texas versus the other big uh, eight schools at the time uh, when then it moved when to the signed, Big 12. Yeah. So I, I loved the principle of Coach Osborne standing his ground and saying, hey, we don't need to take this from you, and this move to the Big 12. Because officially now that a, a years went by and you see it, that's where we probably should have been the whole time. I, I agree. And, and now if you look at my perspective from when I played in the Big 8, we played Kansas, Kansas State, Missouri, Iowa, Iowa State, State, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. Well, listen, I was done by the third quarter. Very we, true. We, we smoked him. I was bored. Coach Osborne's a nice man. He barely threw the ball during my era, let alone when we're spanking those Well, I mean, teams. there were a couple of games against Iowa State, Oklahoma State. We threw up 63, 70 points. I, I was a 77 game, a there 70 an, game. There was an 84-point ga- game against Minnesota. Yeah, you know. and So, you, you know, as a starter, I was a three-year starter. There's a lot of games I was done with one or two series into the third quarter. Right. I just didn't feel um, as you look at it and you get to see that those kids from Nebraska, and I'm talking about a player, man, 105,000 people, 110,000 people, 96,000 people, 80,000 people. That was what was amazing. You know, I, I, I was Deion Sanders before Dion as I led the nation in punt returns. I would be able to go back on a punt return and raise my hands right. and the whole crowd would stand up. And that's an amazing experience as a player. And to think that these kids at Nebraska now are getting to play in front of those crowds and those away games are awesome because it's us against the world. Well, in the Big Ten tradition, like you, I, you've, I've YouTubed some of these videos and Penn State actually has one of the best 
stadiums and student sections. And the Big Ten has this tradition, in case you die, you don't know, when they're on their breaks or, or 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 you know the commercial timeouts, they play older songs, and the whole entire stadium sings this song from Sweet Caroline to Jump Around to, and you can YouTube it, and it is the most amazing amazing thing you've ever seen wisconsin and their jump around thing that they do in between the third and fourth quarter um and like i said you got to check out penn state now let's talk about the sun devils for a quick second because we were up in wisconsin a couple years ago they did the jump around thing there's a video of our players on the sideline jumping around <laughs> with the wisconsin students so. i'm telling you the big 10 is cool I, I i'm proud to be a part of it and every game's a challenge like if we wouldn't have peed down uh, our leg against northwestern we were fifth in the country we, we would have moved to third in the country people last forget year. it people forget about that and 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 it, that game was such a shock <laughs> yeah such we laid shock. an egg we laid an egg you know i mean that that how, how do you see this year's team um, you know, just like I, what I think is an insider information, I'm still real close friends with Ron Brown and uh, some of the players from my era are back there coaching and I learn a little bit more about it and, um, you know, Coach Pelini grabbing the defense again since his brother left to another school, um, the talent level on the defense, people don't know much about it, but my understanding is there's some guys uh, NFL bound. This is a top, I think it's a top 10 defense by the time the season's over. Offensive lines, one year more seasoned, yep. um, they brought in another offensive line coach that I heard's made a difference. Um, you know, I'm not a big Martinez fan. I was just going to say the same thing. I'm, you know, I'm not either. But he's got three years experience, and really experience does make a difference yeah. in big games. They, and he, they, I, I just read something where they said he's really been working on his passing and, you know, to make him a true double, you know, dual threat quarterback, which would be nice because he's got a man... I'm a Bronco fan, so this is what I was stuck with last year. I was stuck with Tim Tebow and his crappy throwing, and Taylor Martinez and his crappy throwing. No, it's called a shot put. Ah, jeez, it was yeah. horrible. But just that Big Ten experience, I, I think with the competition, that the program's refocused and know they have to bust their butt in the off offseason. Um, part of why I like the Big Ten better is, heck, in the Big Eight, when I we played on away games, uh, it three, was an away game. three-fourths of the stadium was red. In Absolutely. the Big Ten, hey, That's not gonna happen. it's not that easy to get those tickets unless you get that crowbar out of your pocket. Yeah, exactly. You know? I, I think it's a great situation, and I think it's going to better Nebraska athletes all the way around. Yeah. You know, I'd love to see us finally somehow get a basketball program. That's why you saw me wearing the Creighton University shirt yesterday. Um, I'm a Blue Jay basketball. I'm also, because of Nebraska basketball, I actually grew up, our family, KU Jayhawk fans. Mm -hmm. You know, as many people do in Omaha, we grow up KU fans because KU's that school that if you don't want to go to Lincoln because you don't want to be too close to home, you go to KU because you're you're still close to home, but not close enough to home, right. you know. So, I'd like to see a generation of Nebraska people grow up Nebraska basketball fans. You yeah, know? let's get that baseball program back. To I've where always it was. been amazed, like you know, the Danny Manning was there during my era and how great they were. They won a national yes. title. Wayman Tisdale basically oh, turned yeah. the Oklahoma program Absolutely. around. It's like I'm surprised Nebraska has never been able to get that. Like James Harden, what was his effect on ASU? You know, you get those great players, you get other recruits, but Nebraska's just never been able to do no, that with their basketball. They program. really, really haven't. And hopefully, hopefully, being in the big, you know, in the Big Ten, you know, because if you wanted to be, go to a big, if you wanted to go to a big time basketball school in the Big Twelve, you went to Kansas or you went to Oklahoma, and, and you got you really have to throw in Texas too. They've done a great job down there with their basketball in Oklahoma State recently. You know, Nebraska's just. Farther down the, you know, I, I think they fit better also into the Big Ten bas basketball-wise as well. Yeah, I think the whole move is great. And like I said, Osborne having the courage um, to call Texas on their bluff and their greed and uh, ended up probably being um, one of the greatest moves. I don't miss the Big 12 at all. Uh, and that's exactly what it was. It was a call on the bluff, you know, and I think that uh, I think he had been waiting for this moment. Yeah. I really, really do. From the time that they put the the Big Twelve headquarters in Dallas, and then they moved the Big Twelve championship game to, you know, instead of doing it one year up, at, you know, in St. Louis, and the next year down in Dallas, you know, so you have the North South, they just move it down to. I think he was just done. Yeah. I think he had been. I, I honestly think he might have been waiting since 1996 <laughs> to make this move. Yeah. So, but you know now. 
you know, West Virginia has joined. TCU has joined the conference. Um, you woohoo. You know, I, the TCU move, I get it. That's they, they fit much better there than they did going up into the Big East. Uh, the West Virginia one, I wasn't really, you know, I, I really didn't know how that one yeah, worked out. You just know, as and, all politics, that was an amazing uh, three-year whirlwind of everybody jumping around. But I think it's stabilized. I still think there's one major move that might go down with the conferences. But I, I think everybody... Yeah, I think everybody's, I think everybody's set now, yeah. you know. And, you know, going back to Texas shooing people off, Texas A&M didn't want to deal with them anymore. Yeah. You know, so... Yeah. It, it was a... And they, they had to cave in and... I think that hurt Texas A&M. And yeah. That was probably one of the toughest. Out of any teams moving conferences, that was probably the toughest. Yeah. yeah. I feel bad for Missouri, though. Good luck in football. <laughs> um, so this is what we got going on. Um, this weekend, uh, just so everybody knows, if you want to come out, we got some stuff going on at Blue Martini tonight um, up, in, uh, up at City North. Um, so we'll be doing that. We have the talking stick pool parties on Saturday and Sunday that we do with Scottsdale Knights and, uh, Jim Ray. So we'll be out there. The girls of Event Vibe will all be out there on Sunday afternoon if you want to come and see our girls. Um, and then, uh, it's preseason football all weekend. I don't even care that it's preseason football. I, I stopped working last night and I watched the re- the Bengals. I was watching the Bengals. I was, <laughs> and I didn't, I, I didn't even care. It could have been, North Dallas 40 or whatever, I would have watched it. It's, Football it just, is the greatest time of year, man. I, I absolutely agree. In fact, I'm hoping in the next week or so, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Lance Leopold. He's the head coach for University of Wisconsin-Whitewater, and they're going on an amazing run there. Um, I think three straight national championships, uh, beating Mount Union. I don't know if they've lost. I think they've lost one game in the last four years. So hopefully we'll be getting him on as well and uh, – Gerald Robinson, who's trying to be a wide receiver for the Broncos. Omar Bolden, Brock Osweiler, I'd like to get those guys on too. But uh, uh, don't forget, next Saturday, what do you got for us? We got us the Casino Night and Blackjack Tournament. You don't have to be a Big Ten fan, but uh, the Blackjack Tournament, the uh, winning person gets some money, prize money, and their school gets some prize money. Uh, Bourbon, scotch, whiskey, wine, tequila, cigars. Uh, I expect a great turnout, and we're going to try to build this into an annual event, and I'm really excited about it. Oh, that's great. I, I, I think it's great, and I, I hope it all goes well for you guys. I, th- I think we had a good time on air today. I, am re- I really enjoyed it. Thanks for this opportunity. Hey, no problem. I, I think we might have something here. <laughs> I Mac, like it. Byron. You guys better look out, man. We, the the J Rocket Show. We got we got some we got a little bit of Nebraska connection over here. So uh, and it's a little bit of a Sun Devil connection too with his football camps from the past. So uh, with that being said, we are going to get out of here for the weekend. Uh, next week we will be back. I, I'm actually not sure if Mark McMillan is in town. So if Mr. McMillan is not in town. Uh, maybe you might want to come on next Friday, give another plug for the, for the event and stuff, and maybe we can get Jem in here. Uh, I would love that. Thank you so much, Jay. I can't imagine Jem's voice on these microphones. <laughs> it would be perfect. F- folks, let me tell you something. We will get Jem Ray on this show, and you're, you're in for a treat. And you'll all think he's famous. That voice is something else. A- exactly. Exactly. So, um, I think that's it from here. We want to thank everybody, and we will see you. HardHittingRadio.com, VoiceAmerica.com. This is where you go for your sports. Have a good weekend. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. That's another show. Thanks again for joining Mark McMillan and Byron Evans for Hard Hitting Radio. Come back and we'll do it again next Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Put them up, tighten up. We some hard hitters. Mark McMillan, my man Byron Evans. We give you for reason to do them every Friday evening. Ain't nobody leaving. If he's pushing Phoenix, we're bringing the cutting edge. What season? Feelings are long. Show them how it's done. We're on. VoiceAmericaSports.com.